What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. And today we have something we haven't done since last season. And I figured we'd change it up a little bit instead of giving you guys the same wide receiver start sit type video. So instead of going through every single matchup, we're going to go through our top 24 wide receivers today and tier them for week five. With that being said, we have 24 players to get into. Let's not waste any time. Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like if you enjoyed the video. Let's go. Now, before we get into our wide receiver one for week five, let's set some ground rules real quick. I didn't include any Thursday night football players since you guys will be seeing this on Friday. It's going to be full PPR. These are tiers. I feel much more strongly about the tiers than I do player A versus player B if they're like back to back within one of these tiers. And I'm also assuming that Keenan Allen and Amon Ross St. Brown won't be playing this week. They still haven't practiced, and it's Thursday at this point. It's not looking great for them. Now, our first wide receiver here in S tier is Cooper Cup at home versus the Dallas Cowboys. And at this point, he is the number one flex player across the board in points per game, but like a full two and a half points, 26 points per game for a wide receiver is wild at this point. You're starting him regardless, but we'll talk about the matchup a little bit here where the Cowboys have the fifth best pass DVOA defense. And it's one of the lower over-unders of the week, Dallas versus the Rams. But you still have to give Cooper Cup that nod. He is matchup proof. He was great against the Bills when the Rams offense didn't look great. He was great last week when the 49ers gave the Rams fits. They only scored nine points against the 49ers. And still, he had a career high in receptions at 14 and scored 26.2 PPR points against arguably the NFL's best defense. Environment doesn't matter. Matchup doesn't matter. Cooper Cup is inevitable. After Cooper Cup, we'll go down to A tier. And these are just guys I like as really high-end elite wide receiver one options. And first up, we have Stephon Diggs, who's in a smash spot here at home versus the Steelers. He is the wide receiver two on the season at this point. And the Bills are minus 14 home favorites here against the Steelers. And they have the highest implied team total of the slate. Vegas has them projected to score 30 plus points this week. So the Bills are going to roll. They're going to score a ton of points. And the Steelers defense is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, the only concern here with Diggs and we're nitpicking here is that you need this game to stay competitive. You don't want the Bills to get off to a, a big lead and then sit their starters at like the last five, 10 minutes. But the Bills have been a team that haven't let up on the gas pedal. They will score. They will beat you by 20 plus, 30 plus. They do not care. They did it against the Rams and the Titans in the first two weeks. I think the Bills come out here and beat the Steelers bad. At wide receiver three, we have Justin Jefferson, who finally had a bounce back game after two quiet weeks. He gets a 31-point game in London last week. He had 10 catches, 147 yards, and I believe a rushing touchdown. And this game, he's at home versus the Bears. And I quietly like this game to be a high-scoring matchup, or more high-scoring than the over-under of like 44 would suggest here, where the Bears want to run the ball, and they'll be able to against the NFL's 27th-ranked DVOA rush defense in the Vikings. And then the Bears are not a terrific defense the vikings want to score they want to play fast so you have the bears who aren't a great offense but they're going to be able to their strengths definitely hurt the bears and then the vikings are going to want to score regardless even though the bears are allowing the third least fantasy points to wide receivers doesn't really matter about the matchup and even though the bears are allowing the third least fantasy points to wide receivers i think that the game script and the environment of this game will be just fine for jefferson he should be in play for 20 or more points like he is most weeks. After that at four, 
We have Devontae Adams, who's coming off his third game over 10 targets of the season. He's in a great spot here where he's going to be in Kansas City, 51 and a half over under on this game. And they're seven and a half point underdogs here. They're going to, have to play catch up. They're going to have to score a lot to even get within range of the Chiefs, which means that Devontae Adams should have a ton of targets versus a Chiefs defense that's allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Then we have Tyree Kill, and he proved last week that he's quarterback proof. He has Mahomes production, Tua production. Last week, he had Teddy Bridgewater's production, where he had 10 catches for 160 yards on Thursday Night Football. He now has 12 or more targets in three out of four games so far. He's commanding targets. McDaniel clearly wants to make him the focal point of this offense, even more so with Tua out. So you're going to get the Jets defense here in MetLife. They are a bottom five DVOA pass defense. Tyreek Hill is going to give the Jets secondary a tough time. It's not a shootout spot, but he's in a good spot where he's probably going to get like eight or more targets against a defense that isn't that strong against pass catchers. At wide receiver six, we have Jamar Chase, who hasn't scored 20 or more points since week one. And he's really known as that big play boom type upside where last year, week 17, he went crazy for like 40 plus points, one people, tons of money. Now, he gets to play the Ravens here, and the Ravens' pass defense is allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season, and I love his upside here. This is a Ravens' defense that is much healthier than it was last year, but it's still relevant that he had over 100 yards both times against the Ravens last season. I think that he's in a spot here where he could rebound and give you another 20-point game for this year. Next, we have A.J. Brown here. He is one of six wide receivers this week with an excellent matchup on PFF. He should shred the 32nd-ranked Cardinals coverage defense on PFF. They're the 32nd-ranked defense altogether on PFF. This is a spot where the Eagles should just absolutely roll over the Cardinals. And then you'll also have some shootout potential here where you have two elite fantasy quarterbacks or two elite real-life quarterbacks, I would say, and two offenses that want to push the pace, score the football. So this feels like a great spot for A.J. Brown to have his first 100-yard game since week one. Somebody who had... A 100-yard game on Monday Night Football last week. We have Debo Samuel here, wide receiver eight, the last wide receiver in A tier, and he went crazy last week. He had 23.7 points versus a Rams defense and now gets a bad environment versus Carolina in the week's lowest over-under of the slate at 38.5, but Debo should still eat versus a Carolina's defense that's sort of neutral at this point. They're not anything crazy. Debo Samuel is always a great bet to make his own efficiency regardless of matchup or game script. Then we get to the B-tier wide receivers, which are wide receiver ones I feel strong about playing. They would be back-end wide receiver ones for me. And first up at wide receiver nine, we have Mike Evans here, who's coming off a 30-point game, and he gets the Falcons and A.J. Terrell. Now, I will say A.J. Terrell is not somebody that you should really be fading a ton. It's just worth noting here. Mike Evans last year in both matchups with Atlanta had 16 or more points, and Atlanta is giving up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. Not really worried about that matchup. Mike Evans should be good to go as a back-end boom-bust wide receiver one. Then we have T. Higgins, who's a similar archetype here, where he is going to be in a spot where Chase will have a lot of attention on defense. He's playing against a Ravens defense, allowing a ton of points to opposing wide receivers. And this is a Ravens defense that he put up his 40-plus point game, just absolute bomb in the playoffs, or in the fantasy playoffs last year. So he's a high-ceiling play. T. Higgins could lead all wide receivers in Week 5, in fantasy points, and it really wouldn't surprise me. Then we have CeeDee Lamb, who I've been super impressed with at this point. We wanted an elite target share for the guy, and he comes out here, and he has a 33% target share, third in the NFL. He is that guy at this point. 
And that's despite catching passes from Cooper Rush. And even in that environment with that quarterback, he has managed to be the wide receiver 14 in points per game on the year. He gets a matchup in LA. Dallas has been first in pace of play this year, and he gets a matchup in LA versus a Rams defense, allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. I'm not sure Dallas will score a ton versus this defense, but they should at least have a lot of plays and a lot of yards, which means CeeDee Lamb should have a nice PPR game set up for him here. Then we have C-tier wide receivers, which I view as super high-end wide receiver twos, elite options, but not quite top 10, top 12 type options here. And we'll go with Jalen Waddle up top, who I view as a boom-bust play where he's catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater. He should clearly be the second target behind Tyree Kill, but he's going up against a Jets defense that let Tyler Boyd score a 55-yard touchdown, 56-yard touchdown, and a lot of it was off yak. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Jalen Waddle saw like only like five or six targets, but he turned one of them into like a 60-yard touchdown. The Jets defense, outside of the, the perimeter corners, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have been great, but our safeties, LaMarcus Joyner, Whitehead hasn't been great. CJ Mosley across the middle kind of sucks. Uh, nickel corner. I mean, Michael Carter's been like decent, but it, it wouldn't shock me at all if Waddle took a slant to the house against this Jets defense. So I like him as like the wide receiver 12 on the week. Then we have Marquise Brown, who is much more of a volume play than he is like a splash play type of guy here where he's third in the NFL in targets with 45 right now. And he currently sits at wide receiver eight in points per game on the season. I want to say he also has like three straight games of 10 plus targets at this point. The volume will be there. But the matchup is pretty rough. He gets the Eagles here who have the second best pass DVOA defense. And he is projected on PFF to get shadow coverage from Darius Slay. But Darius Slay is dealing with an injury right now. And because of that, he might not play. And if he does play, he might not shadow him the way that he would in a full health game. Or he could just shadow him the whole time. And it could be a tough task for Hollywood Brown. Regardless, Hollywood Brown has been getting a ton of targets here. You have to buy into that. And then on top of that, they're going to be home underdogs to the Eagles will have to catch up the entire time running with tempo, calling a bunch of plays, passing the ball. It's a great environment here despite a bad matchup. At wide receiver 14, we have Christian Kirk who had a quiet week versus Philly last week, but the volume was there. He still had nine targets despite scoring under 10 points last week. He gets a rebound spot here against a Texans defense that's allowing the ninth most explosive plays to opposing pass offenses. It wouldn't shock me at all if Christian Kirk had a nice like 15 plus point game here. Then we have Mike Williams here who is in a good spot to be the focal point of Justin Herbert's passing offense with Keenan Allen likely out for another week here. He had seven catches for 120 yards last week. He was their true wide receiver one. And now he gets a matchup here on the road versus Cleveland who has the third worst DVOA defense, which means Mike Williams should be a good bet to be a high end wide receiver two this week. After that, we have our last wide receiver in C tier with Chris Godwin. He saw 10 targets in his first game back since week one last week. And because of that, I'm treating him like a high-end wide receiver two at this point. He was pretty much in the same role that he's always been in. And he gets a great matchup against a Falcons defense, allowing the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers right now. And AJ Terrell is really their only really strong cornerback. And he should be on Mike Evans for a majority of the game, which will open up a lot underneath for Chris Godwin. Which brings us to D tier, which are guys I feel like are fine as mid-range wide receiver two plays. And first up, we have Chris Olave here. And I've been really impressed with Chris Olave. I was someone that wasn't a huge believer in him. I had Pickens over him coming out of school. The way that he has commanded volume has been crazy. He has a 26.1% target share, which for a rookie is insane. 
but not only a 26.1% target share, but he has a 16 yard a dot, which is like top five in the NFL. So he's not only commanding a ton of volume, he's commanding a ton of efficient volume where he doesn't, he doesn't even have to really rely on yak. If you're already getting 16 yards through the air before that ball even hits your hands, you're stacking up so much efficiency. He literally leads the NFL right now in air yards. We still haven't seen a massive, massive blow-up game from him. I think that we're going to see one soon. He gets a really soft matchup versus a Seattle defense who has the worst pass DVOA defense in the entire NFL. This is a really nice smash spot for Olave. Then on the other side of that game, we have DK Metcalf. And this Seattle offense now is maybe the most surprising thing in football where Metcalf and Lockett go from like very tough to play or tough to put in your starting lineup wide receiver threes because of how bad the offense is to legit top 24 options due to Geno Smith being essentially top five in any quarterback relevant passing metric. He looks amazing at this point. Now, I think the magic is going to, you know, run out at a certain point. But for now, I think you have to just sort of ride the wave. And on top of that, it's not just Geno's efficiency, but it's been the play volume. Last year, they had the least amount of plays called in the NFL Right now, they're about league average in play volume, which means that there's a lot more plays and a lot more yards to go around for this offense, along with them actually sustaining long drives. Now, this week, Metcalf gets a tough matchup versus Marshawn Lattimore in the Saints defense, but we've seen Metcalf do well against these perimeter physical corners. He had 17.4 versus Terrell last week. He had 17.6 versus Marshawn Lattimore last year. He had 20 plus points versus the Rams and Jalen Ramsey last year. DK Metcalf is a really talented wide receiver that can make his own efficiency after the catch. I think he's somebody, just given what we've seen from this offense so far, that should be treated as a wide receiver too this week. At wide receiver 19, we have Drake London here who gets a tough matchup on the road versus the Buccaneers who have the third best DVOA defense. But while the matchup isn't great, it's going to be one of the better environments for the Falcons here where they have been the second lowest pass attempt team, averaging 24 and a half pass attempts per game, being 10 point underdogs on the road should force them to pass, you know, 28, 30 plus times, as long as Arthur Smith isn't being super stubborn and just running the ball down two scores. Regardless, so I think Drake London's like a matchup proof wide receiver two at this point, just given the fact that he's been so efficient and then also commanding a 34.4% target share, which is second in the NFL, which is just wild to read for a rookie. Then we get to E tier here, which has our back end wide receiver twos. Guys, so you don't feel great about, but you're still probably being your lineup somewhere on your roster. We have Amari Cooper up top, and I love the potential for this Browns game to sort of shoot out where the Browns will have to keep up with the Chargers offense, and the Chargers offense wants to play fast and score, and they should be able to do that against Cleveland's 30th ranked dvoa defense he had a quiet week last week against aj terrell but he gets a nice bounce back spot here in a great environment versus a chargers defense allowing the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers next we have brandon cooks who isn't a sexy option but he is the perennial back end wide receiver two at this point he has the 13th most targets in the nfl it's just a matter of squeezing out efficiency from davis mills on those targets now he gets a tough matchup on the road versus a top 10 defense in the jaguars but at this point He's playable on volume alone. Next, we have at wide receiver 22, Tyler Lockett. And Lockett and Metcalf at this point are top 24 wide receivers in points. And they're going to be on the road versus a Saints defense that was really strong last year. And they're still a good defense, but they're allowing the 12th most fantasy points to wide receivers right now, which means it's not as scary 
as it once was. And you also get Metcalf taking away Marshawn Lattimore and sort of similar to Mike Evans taking away Terrell, opening things up underneath for Godwin. That's what's going to happen for Lockett here, where he's not going to get the number one corner and he should be able to sort of dice up this defense. And we're still waiting for a Lockett blow up game. He hasn't had a touchdown yet. He hasn't had a game over 20 plus points. We've known Lockett as this boom bust guy. He's been much more consistent, but I do think we'll be in store for a massive Lockett game sometime soon. That could be this week, or we could see a classic Lockett dud where he has like under six points, which takes us to our last tier here, F tier. These are fringe wide receiver twos. You can throw like 10 to 12 names out and they could have been here at 23 and 24. I just chose these two. And one of the guys I chose is Devonta Smith, who I absolutely love this week. He is one of six wide receivers with an excellent matchup on PFF. And he's playing against a Cardinals defense that is the 32nd ranked defense on PFF, 32nd ranked pass defense on PFF as well. And they are giving up the most explosive plays in the NFL to wide receivers. We saw Devonta Smith go absolutely crazy on Washington, a bunch of explosive plays, him mossing cornerbacks. I think that if AJ Brown doesn't have his week this week where he goes for like 20 plus, it'll be Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is in play here to have another, you know, boom game, which is sort of what you want from these back end wide receiver twos. You sort of want to be shooting for that upside. Then our last wide receiver, wide receiver 24 is Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, again, you could put a ton of names here. You could put Deontay Johnson. You could put Gabe Davis. You could put literally whoever you want. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. There's a million names that could fit here in this last tier. I went with Juju. He is the number one bounce back candidate this week in Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards model, which predicted Brandon Cooks to have a good week last week. He didn't go crazy, but 18 points was great. Before that, he had the Devonta Smith blow up game. His model historically has been great. Juju Smith-Schuster popped up on it this week, and he's in a great environment at home against a Raiders defense, allowing the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers and their home favorites on the highest over-under game of the slate. Juju was set up to smash here. If he comes out here and lays a goose egg, like an 8-10 to 10 point game, then it's officially time to really start worrying about Juju. Now that's going to do it for us today. As always, make sure you check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart for the rest of these wide receiver rankings every single week on Thursdays and then updated on Saturdays. I'll be giving out my top 24 quarterbacks, top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, top 25 tight ends, and then a flex ranking so you guys can go out there and make the best start sit decisions possible to win your leagues. Again, that'll be patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I'll put a link at the top of the description and a link at the top of the comments down below. As always, fellas, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like if you enjoyed the video. And I'll see you guys in the next one. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, Adams on. Foolies, glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoena.